How's it going? To end. How's it going? To end. How's it going? To end. How's it going? How is it going to end? How's it going to end? How's it going to end? How's it going to end? How is it? How's it going to end? What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to How's It Going to End. How you doing? That's great. Happy Friday. Another solo episode. Um, still trying to find some specific people to get on, you know. Um, I'm, I'm going to ha- be having um, Frederick Joseph and Sophie from That Final Scene and hopefully a couple other friends on in the next coming weeks because there's some great movies coming out and there's some great things to talk about. Um, and I know... I mean, from like the little feedback I've seen on YouTube and on uh, Spotify and Apple Podcasts, which if you could support there, that'd be great. Um, you guys like the the episodes with them in particular and, and Frank Alvarez, you know, from the basement yard and and all those guys. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be trying to have them on some more. Um, Fred, you know, I mean, we have so much to talk about when it comes to movies and society. So stick around. If, you, if you're interested in hearing those conversations, and if you're just interested in hearing me talk, which I don't know why you would be, stick around for that too, because there's definitely going to be those episodes, like right now. Um, we got a lot to talk about. A lot of stuff happened in just a week, so you know. Let's check it out. Let's drop into some like news that makes you depressed. If you ever really want to feel truly depressed, here, I got a perfect, perfect example. If you want to feel truly depressed, I have a perfect reason to be depressed. Uh, we missed out on a Zorro Django team-up film from Tarantino co-written by Gerard Carmichael. Just think about that. Just think about that sadness, that pure sadness in your soul for a second. Apparently Tarantino had been trying to make this since like 2014. He'd spoken to Antonio Banderas and he had tapped recently Gerard Carmichael to figure some things out with the, with the script and it's like... Banderas had said he he he's feeling he he doesn't think he'd be able to do it now given his age and it's like ah that would have been so fucking cool. Are you telling Django and Zorro going around the fucking the country and just deal, dealing out justice? Ugh, that would have been fucking great with Gerard Carmichael as as a co-writer. That's really fucking interesting. Hmm. Really gets you. It really gets you down. <laughs> I'm glad I started with that one. Um. Yeah. No, that just would have been a really good one. Just because then you get to like combine. You know, Tarantino loves to do these westerns and and uh, like showdown type movies. Would have been cool. I don't know if it's entirely out of the. Well, I mean, Tarantino would also recently had like a bunch of possible ideas come out that, that are not ha- that's nothing happening with them like the, the Star Trek movie he wanted to make so it's like maybe he's just got all this shit coming out and you know trying to decide what'll be number 10 which I think is interesting that he wants to do only 10 films I get that 10 solid films then you dip and you do other shit yeah I get that you know what else this is something I thought was pretty funny 
So Chris Pratt is Mar is is, is Mario, right? We're, we're, we all know this that Chris Pratt is going to be voicing Mario because why not? You know, Chris Pratt people like Chris Pratt, and they want to make a popular Mario movie, so you put a popular actor in there. <laughs> that's I mean that's why every movie now sounds the same, looks the same, fucking tastes the same because they all star the same three fucking people. Um, Chris Pratt had said uh, his his Mario will be unlike anything his mario voice will be unlike anything you've heard in a mario world before which is like yeah man we know we've never heard chris pratt in the mario world <laughs> the fuck are you talking about i think that they realized that it was like such a fucking boneheaded decision to cast him and they're like all right well we gotta just hype people up beforehand you know what are you hyping us up for his my my mario voice is unlike anything you've heard in a Mario world, in the Mario world before. All right, cool. I mean, yeah, we know nothing in what are they? What what's it called? Fucking Goopa Land. What? Are they, what? <laughs> nothing in nothing in the Mario world has ever sounded like Chris Pratt. So technically, he's right. <laughs> Fucking asshole. I don't know. I don't give a shit. That's gonna be another one where it's like it's gonna be just you know. At least with uh uh. You know, with Sonic, the voice kind of... With Ben Schwartz's voice works with Sonic. You know what I mean? Sonic is supposed to be this, like... This, like, weirdly energetic and hyper and... That's like... There's a, there's an accuracy to that with the video game, I guess. I, I don't know. I've never really played, like, these kinds of games growing up. I played Mario on, on, the, on the Game Boy, but... That sure didn't fucking sound like Chris Pratt. It's just an obvious attempt for them to be like, okay, we'll get the kids if we put Chris Pratt in, and that's it. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. The popular folks, right? Oh, my God. I fucking heard recently that there was, uh, uh, in Oklahoma, in a movie theater in Oklahoma, they had a sign in in the theater for parents who were taking their children to see Lightyear that said sorry folks we we tried our best to fast forward through the lesbian kiss but you're going to you know we fast forward as as best as we could <laughs> so the one place in Oklahoma they're not seeing a, they're they're seeing a fast lesbian kiss is in that movie theater, but they could, you know, uh, I, I, the, the prudishness of this fucking country, I swear to God, as if the majority of the country doesn't watch, you know, like lesbian porn. All these, these, these fucking phony fucks who are like, oh, we shouldn't be, you know, there's that, there's something so fucked in that mindset of like, we don't want to indoctrinate our kids. And it's like, meanwhile, I've been watching straight folks kiss my entire life and there was nothing because that's and you know oh fuck it's all so fucked we're all so fucked i'm sorry i don't want to start friday off like this but jesus christ it's us versus them and we're all so fucked <laughs> oh man sorry folks there's something funny about fast forwarding it why don't you just cut it at least then you're fast forwarding. And so then what? For like those four seconds, people in the theater get real mad. 
that lesbian kiss wasn't fast enough. Next time, fast forward it faster. That's so fucking funny. Oklahoma, though, you know? (laughs) Uh, You know what? Let's check the... Let's check the best. Let's check the U.S. state porn categories. The por- the top porn searches in the United States. I want to see this shit because I want to see what's going on in Oklahoma. Come on, you fucking. majority of the country is lesbian that's so funny that's so funny most popular search terms by state the northwest has MILF which hey and so does uh, I guess Rhode Island is that I don't know the majority of the country is lesbian MILF and ebony which is like hey man that's so fucking funny Top gaining searches is cheerleader. Really? People still into the cheerleader shit? That just seems like very... A while ago. Okay. Okay. Most most searched porn terms by country. Wow. Really? Okay. Texas is lesbian, of course. That makes sense. <laughs> the majority of the Southeast is black girl, white guy, which, hey, you know, that says a lot. The New York is orgy? Really? Interesting. <laughs> New Jersey giantess, which is like, that's interesting. That's so fucking funny. I, I didn't expect to be talking about this today, but that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Florida is hentai. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. I don't know. It's so funny. It's like this country loves to pretend like it's a, it's some fucking buttoned up conservative. But if you look at history, hey, man, we're all a bunch of freaks. Some of us just like to make others feel bad about it. I don't know how this relates to fast forwarding a lesbian kiss in a movie theater, but hey, man. Let's move on. <laughs> um... Oh, there's this hilarious thing from Christian Bale this week. He talked about how when he was cast in uh, Thor Love and Thunder, people come up to him and go, you're in the, uh, you've entered the MCU. And he goes, what the fuck are you talking about? I love that. I, there's something so great about an actor who just is like, I'm in a movie. What do you, I haven't entered anything. I'm just in a movie. I'm going to act in a movie. There's something about being unaware of the concept of, of a cinematic universe and, and not understanding that it's like, dude, this is going to be, You've, you, the, the idea of entering, you know, the, the, the MCU is so funny, especially for an actor of, of Bale's caliber, just to be like, oh, I didn't realize I was signing up for this. You know what I mean? And he's probably not going to last more than one movie. So it's like, yeah, you're probably not going to be a recurring thing, but that's, that's funny. He said, uh, he said like, I haven't entered shit. What are you talking about? That's so, that's so great. 
because he just wants to show up for the movie and do the movie. You know what I mean? There's something, and I, I saw something of people talking about like, oh, that means he doesn't know about the character. It's like, who the fuck knows about Gore the God Butcher except for now? Except for when now it's Googleable and people really, unless you're a Marvel Marvel fan since the 70s, nobody knows about all these other characters. Every character that's been introduced, including since Iron Man, people when Iron Man when an Iron Man movie was announced, they were going, really, Iron Man is gonna have a movie? Look it up. It's a fucking fact. No one expected it to do well. And that's the majority, honestly, of Marvel characters. Because DC always makes the same movies about Superman, Batman, whatever. Marvel characters, they were like, unless it's Spider-Man or the Hulk or maybe even Wolverine, no one cares. I don't care, the point is I'm making is that, I don't care that Christian Bale, the point I'm making is that I don't care that Christian Bale um, doesn't understand the concept of entering a cinematic universe. I love it even more because it means he's putting his all into this performance and he's not thinking about the next performance, you know what I mean? Which we all know is the number one point now of a cinematic universe, especially the MCU, is to sell the next thing before this thing even gets out. You know what I mean? They're already talking about a Thor 5, like whether or not Hemsworth is going to be in the next one. It's like, guys, the next one, the, the Thor 11 Thunder comes out in a week. Give it time. Relax. You got you, you to fucking suck down another billion dollars? Come on. That's my favorite thing now recently about all the Disney, all the recent Disney stuff is that there is this sort of like general awakening around people being like, hey, wait a second. That wasn't that great, but it's like one of 10 projects in the year. You know what I mean? Like the idea that people are just now understanding the quantity over quality corporate mentality of Disney, it warms my heart, (laughs) honestly, because it's like, fuck to think about, you know. The, the, the quality in a project is diluted when they when they have to maximize, you know, how many they put out there. And there's I know that Thor used some bits of that uh, of that new LED screen that uh, Greg Frazier came up with for the Mandalorian. But it's like it does not look good. And I know it's just trailers and I know the movie comes out in a week, but you think that. No, you wouldn't think that because at this point they can make a billion putting out fucking anything. Whatever. I mean, if we want to talk about how comic book movies look, and especially Marvel movies look, and the and their quality, um, no better example than Multiverse of Madness and uh, Eternals. Mar- Multiverse of Madness and Eternals are the two most distinct-looking Marvel movies of the last fifteen years. They don't look like anything else in the in the MCU. They all of Eternals, majority of it was shot on location. And Multiverse of Madness just fucking oozes Sam Raimi. And it's not a coincidence that those are the two that get picked apart. Like all these Marvel fans are suddenly fucking Roger Ebert being like, oh, the writing was this, the structure was that. The It's like, it's not a coincidence. These are flaws that have, that have permeated the fucking, these are flaws that have plagued the entire franchise. And by plagued, I, sh- I just mean they, they're not new. You know what I mean? When people are like, oh, but the character motivations in Multiverse of Madness, it's like, bro, it makes no sense that Tony Stark would flip like that in Civil War. I know that's how it happened in the comics. Makes no sense in the movie. Makes no sense that Spider-Man would follow this billionaire blindly in Civil War either and just fight for the other guys. Once he found out that what Tony was doing, we all know if we people want to talk about comic accuracy, we all know Spidey fucking switches sides in the comics. You know? And I'm not trying to say 
Multiverse of Madness and Eternals are better than any of these other films. I'm saying that, like, honestly, <clears throat> Jesus, honestly, like, the majority of Star Wars, like, they're all kind of in the same boat. Most Marvel movies are, are received the same way in that, like, they're, they're, they're great, and that's kind of like the best it gets. You know what I mean? Like, it's like talking about the dudes that wanted Star Wars to be perfect. It's like, Star Wars has always been fine, and that's it. It's always either been fine or, like, you know, like, people have hated it. And there's something about... It's just interesting that the two most visually different-looking films, the two that don't look as bland as the rest of the movies, because the rest of them, boy, it's like you're looking at a fucking concrete garage sometimes. It's not a coincidence that those two who, who who look stunning in their own unique ways suddenly have people going, but the writing, but this, but that. And then they don't do that to movies that it's like, hey, that's the same fucking issues there. I don't know. And that's going to happen. And it's a shame that it like infects the, the box office for those two. I think Multiverse Madness did, you know, fine for a Marvel movie, but Eternals did terribly. I have an idea, something to talk about. We can talk about the fact that I want to talk about how the, these first six months of 2020 have been phenomenal. You know what I mean? These first six months, in terms of film, not in terms of life. In terms of life, they've fucking... But... All right, here are some of the movies that came out this year that I'm 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 just in love with that I think that need to be talked about. And some you've heard of, some you probably haven't. So, you know, just let's just pay attention for a second. Uh, we got Scream. That was great. That's that's just the start of this year's great horror, you know what I mean? This year has been fantastic when it comes to horror. I'm going to run through them real quick. Scream, Sundown, Cyrano, The Worst Person in the World, Batman, after Yang, Triple R, Fresh, The Outfit, X, You Won't Be Alone, Everything Everywhere All at Once, all-time favorite. The Northman, Massive Talent, Petite Maman, Pleasure, Men, that's pretty funny. Top Gun, Maverick, and Crimes of the Future. That, just, just think about that, that list for a second. And the, the, the sheer quality of those films. If you haven't heard of any of those films, or if you haven't seen some of those films, I could not recommend them enough. I mean... Just just this year has been phenomenal when it comes to these. And it's not letting up yet. You know what I mean? We still have the black phone. Nope. Don't worry, darling. Um, it's it's, it's going to be... This is going to be one of those pivotal years where it seems like creativity and, and, and vulnerability shines. You know what I mean? I don't... I don't know. And it's important to talk about like the distributors. Cause I think that's an important thing. I think, I don't think people think about the fact that, or at least, you know, there's like the, the, the folks that kind of rally behind maybe a 24 or something. And they don't understand a 24 is, is, is a distributing. It's a distributor. You know what I mean? It's not like it's making the movies. There are, there are production studios and then there are distributors and there's a difference. And, um, and I don't think that a 24 should get all the credit. I mean, we've, we've gotten some amazing creative, and and awesome, interesting films from A twenty four, but it needs to it needs to we have to think about other distributors that have been putting out the most creative films of the last ten years, five ten years so far. So um, up next to A twenty four, 
I mean, you know, for, for, just think about it, like the, the the absolute gems we've gotten from 824. We got Green Knight, Good Time, Last Man, uh, Last Black Man in Francisco, uh, and Last Black Man, <clears throat> excuse me, in San Francisco, Hereditary, Midsummer. You know, all these like classics that everyone loves to watch. That everyone that's that's become its own aesthetic at this point, uh, specifically with 824. Um, but there's also Neon. If you, Neon has been putting out award-winning films or award-nominated films for, for a while. I mean, we've got Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Spencer, Pig. These are movies that fucking soar. You know what I mean? I don't... It's weird to kind of verbalize this, but it's like there are... These other movies do exist and other, these two other distributors. Another one I want to talk about is Focus Features. They've put out some incredibly distinct and creative films. For example, The Northman, Promising Young Woman, The Dead Don't Die, Phantom Thread. These are all... Movies that, if you look back, you go, oh shit, they, they, that was them. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's interesting. I think these are these three these three companies are cracking out these these phenomenal movies, and I think it's I think it's 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 like keeping that idea of, of immense creativity alive between the three of these. You know what I mean? And I know that there are others that are putting out you know creative ones as well, but it's just it's interesting to see these three kind of put that that burden on their back to be like, all right, we're going to... Everything else is a big budget fucking, you know, IP connected to some franchise from either now or 30 years ago. We're going to put out solo stories that that can stand by themselves, that, that are... that put quality before quantity. Do you know what I mean? I think that's that's just so non-existent now. I don't know. It, it, it seems like these are the things that you got to fucking take care of and, and, and see in theaters because then you get that's how you get more distinct looking shit that's how you get more interesting shit you know and, and in, in, a, in a movie industry where everything is starting to literally look the same the same actors the same uh, color palettes the same you know it's just fuck man it seems like we're coming to the age, to the end of the age of the legacy sequels. Do you know what I mean? Like, Star Wars kind of, did, I don't want to say kicked it off, but like in 2015, they did Force Awakens. They brought back Han and and, and Leia and all that. And, and that kind of was like, okay, well now every studio that can is going to dive back 40, 30 years and bring back those folks. And they kind of did. And that's kind of ending now. That's That's basically ending with, with Jurassic World Dominion, you know, I mean, it started, uh, Star Wars, Star Wars, Spider-Man, Top Gun, The Matrix, um, Blade Runner, Ghostbusters, Spider-Man, like, I think this, this, that, that age of movies is, is over because what, there's nothing else that fucking exists that they can do it with. Um, so it's going to move into something else. And, and it's interesting to teeter on the edge of what comes next. You know what I mean? To wonder what's going to be the next thing that dominates the box office for the next, you know, 10, five years. For a time, it was like live action Disney versions of old animated movies, you know. I haven't seen Lightyear yet, but I hear it has three end credit scenes. Fucking why? Um, but I don't doubt they're going. This is going to lead to like more toy 
story, toy stories. <laughs> uh, I don't know. The point I'm making is that like in a, in a French, in a industry of those movies existing, which nothing wrong with those movies. You got to fucking, yada. I don't have to defend billion dollar making movies. A24, Neon, and Focus Features have been putting out new, fresh, creative films. And so when I when I hear someone go, nothing's original these days, you're you're fucking wrong. You're not supporting the original work. You don't pay attention to the, to the original work. You're focusing on the next time you're going to get to see Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, which I'll be honest, I enjoyed. I'm not I'm not some fucking hypocrite that's going to go, oh, I know I'd rather watch this than that. But there, there's a world where you can support both. You know, I don't know. How long have I been doing this shit? Too fucking long. All right. Um, if you guys want to follow the podcast, you can go to my YouTube channel, Comedian to Cinema, and subscribe there to watch it. Or if you want to uh, listen, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. How's it going to end? And while you're doing that, if you could rate and review this shit, that would be most appreciated. All right. I'll see you guys next week, hopefully with another person.